BAM Radio Network. Kids forget to bring their pencils. They forget to bring their work. They forget to bring their text to class. Do we stop the lesson? No. The technology will never transform a school. It is not an agent of change in itself. It's the humans that are behind the technology. Hello, it's time for Every Classroom Matters, where we talk about the noble profession of teaching. This is Vicki Davis, the Cool Cat Teacher. Let's talk about what matters. Hello, today we're welcoming principal and education leader Eric Scheninger to the show to talk about his new book, Digital Leadership, Changing Paradigms for Changing Times. So Eric, in this book you talk about changing paradigms for changing times. What paradigms have changed? The biggest paradigm that's changed is how leaders can can do their responsibilities in, in ways that are much more in tune with society. I think for the longest time, you know, we've become sort of in, entrenched in going through the motions and, and doing what's always worked year in, year out. But what's happened now is that schools are faced with the arduous task of educating a, a learner that is dramatically different than even five years ago. Also, when you take into account the way in which people are communicating, connecting, collaborating outside of school, and the fact that leaders are not changing, you know, that is what I see as the biggest paradigm shift that's needed in schools is how can leaders create a culture of teaching, learning, and connecting with stakeholders that's more in line or parallel to the society that we're preparing our students to be successful in. Well, I love what you talk about on page 31 in the book. You say the time for excuses is over, but you know, just like I do, people talk about budget cuts and society has changed and families aren't making their kids do homework and kids are not getting rest and all these sorts of things. So how can you say that the time for excuses is over? We are tasked with educating the whole child. So we can no longer afford making excuses because, you know, the reality is we have less money. The reality is we have all these societal pressures on us. But what's remained the same is our duty to prepare each and every learner with skill sets to be successful in a dynamic, changing society. So as as leaders, we have to be more concerned with finding solutions as opposed to making excuses. We will always have excuses for not moving forward. Education is notorious for not changing these excuses such as we don't have money, we don't have time, but we run the risk of not only not meeting the needs of our, our students, but creating a system, an educational system that is becoming more and more irrelevant and unmeaningful to our students. And when that happens, it's a disaster. Well, and the thing I love about you, Eric, I have been up to your school to speak at your conference, Edscape. And this is the thing that that really struck me when I thought today about what I learned at your school, that you are the real deal. Your building is older, but your system of learning is newer. And you've done so much with what you have. And I love how you say that those of us in the trenches must play with the cards that we have been dealt. I just wanted to like, just stand up and say, yes, he totally gets it because you do have the struggle. Now, you actually use this as an argument to go towards BYOD or bring your own device. What all is your reasoning that has taken you to that conclusion? Uh, our reasoning is we want to create the best optimal learning environment for our students, regardless of the pressures, the excuses, and the challenges that we're faced with. 
The digital age provides every single leader with a plethora of opportunities, tools, and resources to become more effective and efficient at what we're doing, whether it be educating the whole child, whether it be communicating with our stakeholders, whether it be celebrating our successes. So, you know, BYOD is just one of those cultural elements that we have found as a natural fit. What better way to unleash the learning passions of our students than by allowing them to use real-world tools to do real-world work. We think that we are in a better position to prepare our students to be successful in the real world because the real world allows their employees, their stakeholders, to use the tools of the 21st century. So for us, BYOD is you know, a natural pedagogical fit because it also allows us in a cash-strapped district to offset or supplement the technology we already have by welcoming our students to bring their own devices. And it also presents us with an amazing opportunity to teach our students about being digitally responsible with their tools. So what do you do when you have kids who don't have the last two letters? Because it's bring your own device. What if they don't own a device to bring? Well, we use sound pedagogy. By that, I mean our teachers are trained to make sure that we create an equitable environment for our students. The last thing that we want is one student being felt left out because they don't bring their device. So first off, our teachers poll their students to find out who has what device anonymously, and then they tell the students, all right, tomorrow we'll be using our devices. But Vicki, if we're being honest, kids forget to bring their pencils. They forget to bring their work. They forget to bring their text to class. Do we stop the lesson? No. We either give them a pencil, we give them a text, or we utilize cooperative learning where students are working collaboratively to accomplish a task and they're using one device to accomplish that task. Well, and then you talk a lot in the book about change and the research of change and how to promote change. And you share something I'd never heard of before, Michael Fullen's Six Secrets of Change on page 53. Now, number one of his secrets of change is love your employees. Now, I say that I love my students and I really do, but are there some principals out there who are going to say, okay, he's telling me to love my employees. How does that look in a way that is professional? You know, my simple response is that loving your employees is creating a culture that they want to be a part of, that they enjoy coming to, and where they're given the autonomy to follow their passions without fear of failure, take calculated risks to initiate change on their own. You know, we focus a great deal on the work of Dan Pink in terms of autonomy, mastery, and purpose as the tenets of intrinsic motivation. So by giving our teachers the autonomy to take those calculated risks, We're empowering them to be the catalysts for change that ultimately has redefined or transformed the teaching and learning culture here at New Milford High School. In this chapter of my book, we really talk about the steps we've taken to create a a culture that is driven by the desire to be innovative, the desire to allow students to demonstrate conceptual mastery through the creation of learning artifacts. By giving the teachers autonomy and empowering them to take control of their learning environments, which is their classroom, we, in a sense, as leaders, or I, in a sense, as a leader, it took me a long time to be willing to give up a certain amount of control, not just to my teachers, but to my staff as well, because I look at my students as employees as well. Because, you know what, I'm here to help them grow, to help them be successful. So I want to give them the autonomy and the tools to be successful as well. But I think a lot of it too, Vicki, is... That one thing that teachers want the most in terms of their day is time. 
So by loving my employees, I give my teachers the time during the school day to learn about all these ways in which to integrate technology, to implement project-based learning, and quite frankly, to follow their passions, to make this experience here at New Milford High School something that they find valuable, meaningful, and they want to be a part of. Well, you just treat your teachers with such respect. And having been there and how your teachers feel about you, you know, I just knew when when you told me you were writing a book that I wanted other principals to read what you have to say because I know that they want their teachers to look at them the way your teachers look at you. I mean, I heard more than one teacher say how lucky they are to work with you. And nobody's perfect, of course. Um, I didn't hear anything negative. Of course, they would tell me, but you can see you can't fake the look in your eye when you talk about your principal. And when you see that, you know that there's excellence there. But there's one thing that you talk about. Um, you do talk about an excellent seven-step framework for harnessing the power of digital technologies. But then at the end, in Chapter 12, you talk about digital leadership and unplugging. And this is what you say. The job of a digital leader is not just to model the art of being connected. It's also to model the art of human conversation and unplugging the devices. Why would you say that? Well, technology, Vicki, is just a tool. It's a powerful tool to act as a catalyst for conversation. It's what the people do with those conversations that are the true catalysts for change. The seven pillars of digital leadership that I introduced uh, earlier in the book presents a comprehensive framework for leaders to integrate uh, the resources that are available, the, the technology, the tools, to put them in the spaces to have conversations with every single important stakeholder to initiate sustainable change leading to cultural transformation. But the technology will never transform a school. It is not an agent of change in itself. It's the humans that are behind the technology. I look at it this way. I look at it as technology putting us on a level playing field in the same space, in the same environment, where we can then engage in conversations, whether it be about knowledge, resources, feedback, support, you name it. And it's what those people do during those face-to-face conversations and collaborations that, in my opinion, define what digital leadership really is. And it's those digital leaders that ultimately are going to create a system, an education system, that resonates with teachers, parents, grandparents, community members, but most importantly, Eric, I just want you to know that you totally rock. Um, You are one of those educators that I read frequently, and you inspire me. Your book is a great read for administrators and leaders everywhere. I picked up ideas for branding my own school. I'm the IT director, and also an attitude adjustment for the things I need to be doing differently as IT administrator. I really think your book is really a practical kick in the pants to help wake up leaders everywhere, and it gives hope for we can do this even when we have all of these problems. I hope everybody listening will look at the show notes and add you to their PLN and go to hear you speak. You are totally the real deal, and I hope you keep rocking leadership while you stay a principal. I think leaders in the trenches are more valuable than ever. So thanks, Eric, for what you've done, and thank you, everyone, for listening. You've been listening to Every Classroom Matters. I'm Vicki Davis, Cool Cat Teacher. Thank you for adding me to your PLN. Continue this important conversation online by commenting, liking, or retweeting this show using the show's hashtag, ECMatters, or at tinyurl.com forward slash ECMatters. It is an honor to be one of you. Wherever you are and whoever you are, you matter. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.